Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. I couldn't service every single client. And so I pretty quickly realized that I needed to get some staff. Even the second year, I was still the face of the business. Year three, I said, no more. Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs. My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. My guest today is Danielle Hayden of Kickstart Accounting. In 2014, Danielle left her corporate firm ready to help small business owners with their numbers and finances. Five years later, she runs an accounting practice with six people on staff serving more than 275 clients all around the country. I wanted to interview Danielle to showcase what's possible to create in five short years, especially when you're willing to lift yourself up and out of the task doing in your practice and build a team of people who you train well and who have solid systems for delivering a consistent and high quality client experience. Here's Danielle Hayden of Kickstart Accounting. Hey, Danielle, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Geraldine. How are you? So excited to be here. I know. It's fun to finally have you on. We've been talking about having this conversation for months now. Yeah, it has been months. Summer's been busy. (laughs) Yes. And you've been great at following up. So it's nice to finally have you here. Thank you. Thank you. So before we jump into our conversation today, the first thing I want to know from you is what was your first experience being an entrepreneur? So if you ask my parents, uh, I would think that they would tell you I was uh, always meant to be an entrepreneur, which is funny because there's uh, no entrepreneurs in my family. Uh, but from very early on, I was uh, you know, babysitting, I was doing the lemonade stands, I was selling bracelets to anybody that I could find. You know, we had the friendship bracelets. Uh, I, I I was born into it. And uh, and I and I loved it, and and you know, it really comes full circle that I am also an accountant because I <laughs> loved balancing this budget. It was the funniest thing. I would have a true envelope system, and I saved for my first car, and I saved for you know, vacation spending money, and I had an envelope for everything, and I loved working towards those goals. Oh my gosh! So this totally fits yeah. you, this profession. Yes, it does. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. That's so great. So when did you know that you were going to be an accountant? You know, 
I, I kind of have a different story. So a lot of people don't know this about me. I actually went to school to be a hairdresser in high school. So I worked for several years in, in the salons. And I actually went to college because I wanted to open up my own salon. So I was going to school uh, for a business degree. I decided one summer that I wanted to get a second job making some extra money. So I took an internship at the Cleveland Indians. So I worked for the baseball team for the summer. <laughs> yes, as an accounting intern. And I fell in love with it. I, you know, I just loved the balancing the checkbook and crossing the T's and dotting the I's and the organization of, of accounting. And I got to do it at a pretty, uh, pretty fun uh, company to start. And I, I knew it was for me, switched my major that fall and, and became an accountant. Wow. So from hair salon ownership to accountant. Yes. Full circle. <laughs> Full circle, back to back to the envelopes, back to making sure everything added up and budgeting. Yes. And so, um, did you start out in a firm and then go out on your own? Like, what was that like? Yes. So uh, I started out at Ernst and Young. Uh, did several years at Ernst and Young. You know, a lot of accountants will spend several years within their audit department. I actually had a little bit of a different experience. I actually worked with their research team. Uh, launching new software and product, which uh, I've learned about myself is actually something I love doing, uh, is finding out what the newest uh, tech gadgets and newest processes and way of doing things. So I worked at ENY, and then I decided that I did not want to travel with the audit team. And so I took a job in corporate accounting. And Wait, audit teams travel? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I had so many friends living out of suitcases and never unpacking. I said, I don't think that that's the life for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I found a company here in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and I, I worked my way up through corporate accounting. Uh, and and I, I loved it. You know, it was uh, working with the board of directors and the private equity teams and the investors, uh, the management team. And really learning all the parts of business, uh, which you don't necessarily get to do when you're in uh, audit or tax, right? I got to learn, how do I work with the marketing team? Uh, how, do we, how do we budget for this year's strategy and initiatives? Uh, how do we work with the sales department and, and move this company forward? So great learning experience going into that corporate environment. What I found while I was there was that there was so many small business owners who also needed help. And I was seeing so many people within the community going out of business or not growing at the rate that they should because they didn't understand their numbers. And so I realized I can help so many people outside of this boardroom and outside of this team of investors and help small business owner boots on the ground, yeah. grow their businesses. Nice. So at what point did you say, okay, I think I'm ready to go out on my own? So I, I did it pretty early on. I, I was uh, working in, in corporate as a CFO and we had started Kickstart uh, yeah, this January. It'll be five years. Uh, I actually had been mulling over the concept for about six months and um, it was the start of the new year, and I said, it's time. And I, I left corporate, started the company, and 
the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) So did you have an idea that you wanted to bring on staff and be, have more people under you? Or did you just want to be one person? Like, how did you get to where you are? Cause now you have six staff people. Yes. So actually at first I did not know that I wanted a staff. I, I actually had no idea. I really just thought that I could help more people. I knew that I had a skill set and I understood something that not all small business owners and not all people understand. Accounting really is a different language. And so I, I just knew that I wanted to go out and help other people. And so for me, um, that first year, I was, I was the one uh, working with clients and doing everything from the business side to uh, servicing clients. And the, so you did that for a year and I imagine you got pretty busy and your time was maxed out? Yeah, you, you quickly learn as an entrepreneur that there's so much more to do than you ever thought, right? I'm sure every listener right now is shaking their head. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, I I quickly said, all right, let's, let's bring somebody on uh, that can help in, in the, as the back end. So I really still wasn't ready. I wasn't at a place yet that I could give up control or, or bring somebody on in, in their fullest potential. So that first team member came in and worked on the back end. And so what that means is she was coming in, she was doing the work within QuickBooks, she was doing the bookkeeping, uh, she was preparing the financial statements uh, and and the budgets. And so she was really the person uh, in the background and then I was still the face to the client. Mm-hmm. And that worked out great for a year two. Uh, you know, it really gave me a level of comfort. I think it gave her a level of comfort because she wasn't ready to talk to clients at that point. She she loved being the back end, uh, and that worked for our clients because they they were still working with me. But quickly realized once again that you max out, and and there's only so many hours in a day because. Although I had somebody helping me, I was still doing all the work of a business owner and all that backend information too. So then what happened next? So you're like in year two and you're still totally maxed out. Yeah. So from there, uh, I was doing a ton of personal development and uh, listening to a ton of podcasts and, and other influencers in the space. And I did a ton of training on how to lead, lead a team and how to give up control, right? That's a lot of personal development right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) So for somebody who loves to micromanage and have their fingers on everything, it was was personal development there. So uh, that year three, I said, it's it's time. And so uh, one by one, uh, brought on additional team members, uh, put together a system of training so that I knew that every client was going to be receiving the same level of service because that was really important to me. Yeah. You know, when you're bringing on a team, you want to make sure that every person who's going to be communicating with your clients and every person who's going to be working on that client's bookkeeping uh, and they're doing their financial statements, that they know what they're doing and they're doing it in the same way that you would do it. So I put a lot of time and energy in that training system. And that they would communicate well right? We can make assumptions that other people are good communicators or will communicate clearly and thoughtfully, but that isn't always the case. Oh, that is something I really had to learn the hard way. Yes, absolutely. Communication style. So you brought some, you brought 
how many people did you bring on in year three? Uh, year th three, we had brought on one additional person. Uh, and then year four is really when we had the most growth as far as team members. That's when I got out of the client work completely. Okay. So you don't do, you're not inside any more client work at all. Now I'll take a few strategy calls uh, for some clients who, who still want to do uh, some really high level strategy. Uh, so I'll come on to some high level strategy calls and they're generally clients who I've had a longstanding relationship with. Yeah. Who get you, who get your time and attention. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So looking back in those, over those four years, what do you think were some of the key or most important things that you learned in the growth process as a business owner? Learning how to communicate myself, right? So, you know, you made the comment that we think that everyone's a good communicator. Well, I thought that I was really good at communicating training. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so step one, I had created this training manual in a, um, in a Google document or set of Google documents. And I thought I had really done a brain dump of everything that I wanted these people to know. And I brought on, I believe it was our third team member. And she said to me, it was a day she had been there for about two months. And she called me and she said, Danielle, I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> I have no idea what the expectation is here. Uh, and, and, and I need you to walk me through it. And I thought, wow, I thought I was so clear. <laughs> and here we are two months in and you're, you're like, she's still probably trying to figure it out and just waiting. She's like, I'll figure this out at some point. I'll figure this out at some point. And then finally two months in, she's like, nope, still haven't figured it out. Yeah. And here's the thing is, you know, the poor woman, she knew how to do bookkeeping yeah. and she knew how to do accounting. But, but like I said, I had, I had mapped out a, uh, a way, a strategy that we used to service all clients so that every client was getting the same level of service. And so that's what I wasn't communicating thoroughly was how to implement that strategy. Uh, great lesson to learn. Uh, and I also learned that not everyone learns the same way. So I really enjoy reading. Uh, but some people really enjoy listening to audio and having somebody show them how to do things. And so next step was creating a set of tutorials and videos for them to be able to watch so that they could see, see how to do it. Right. So you start to cater your trainings to people's learning styles. Right. Exactly. Wow. What else did you come across that you were like, wow, I didn't see that coming as business owner. Turns out there's a big gaping hole in my knowledge base right there. Uh, here's another one is how long it takes to do things. Mm. For somebody who came from corporate accounting and had been very experienced in what I was doing, I it wasn't taking me very long to do tasks. Uh, and when we brought on the first few employees, I would look at their time cards and look at how long it, they were taking to do things. And it really taught me a lesson in, in patience. What do you think it was that was slower for them? Was it that they were new to it? Was it that they were new to the material or just that some people work slower because they haven't been doing it as long? All three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think some people, they haven't been doing it as long. So they're, they're, you know, just still there's a learning curve to their experience level. Uh, for some people, it was 
the strategy in which I wanted it done. So they were learning how to adapt to that strategy. Because keep in mind, I am sending out financial statements and I am, I am doing our clients bookkeeping as a business owner, not as just a, a, an accountant. I'm thinking of this as what do I want to know when my bookkeeper sends me financial statements? right? How do I want to put together a budget? What level of, of information do I need? So I created this system thinking like an entrepreneur, whereas a lot of these bookkeepers who were coming uh, and to work for us, uh, they came with college degrees and a lot of them had worked for traditional uh, CPA firms or tax firms who might not have had the same strategy that I had. Right. So for example, and just because we've had some conversations in other, um, at other times, what I think you're talking about is like, do they just go by the straight up sort of stock chart of accounts that QuickBooks populates for their clients? Or do they think about, hmm, when we're talking about travel expenses, what do I want to be in here? And what do I not want to be in here? Like, do I want to have, if I want to figure out how much it costs to go to a conference, I don't want to have to go look into four different categories, one to find the flight, one to find the hotel, one to find the meals and entertainment, another one to find the rental car, which is under auto, right? to figure out how, right? to figure out how much it costs to go to the conference. I don't want to have to find 16 detail level transactions. I just want to have like conference X. Yes. And all the, the line item transactions in one place so I can figure out the ROI on the conference. That is a perfect example. Yeah, because I have that going on in my business right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how much does this conference cost? I've got to look at four different categories to figure it out. Right, right. And that's, nobody thinks this way. No, nobody thinks that way. Well, QuickBooks. Here, here's another one that, that drives me crazy, and, and my team is going to laugh when they listen to this. Office supplies and software is the, the general category for, for QuickBooks. Office supplies is completely different than software. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, not the same at all. Pens and pencils is not Office 2015 or whatever it's running now. Exactly. And it is really important. Uh, we see a lot of clients who are bleeding money on tools and subscriptions and different software yeah. and, and yes, different totally. trainings. And so those things really need to be separate. Otherwise, they're not going to see what they're spending in. Not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just buried in there. How is the way that you categorize things and do sort of next level thinking around bookkeeping and accounting? How is that helping your clients in a way that perhaps some other bookkeepers or accountants are missing out on? I want to help entrepreneurs and small business owners understand their numbers so that they can grow their business. And so what we're trying to do is set up their general ledger in a way that's going to make sense to an entrepreneur. So I'm, I'm trying to deliver the information in a way that makes sense to me as a business owner and pull pieces of information that I would want to know. And then we're delivering that information in a set of financial statements and, and in a, uh, we have a, a, a template that goes out to every single client that gives them key performance indicators and key pieces of information that will help them understand those financial statements. There are so many uh, small business owners out there who are afraid of money. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of accounting. They, they do not understand this topic. And so they shy away from it. 
and they might have taken a step and hired a bookkeeper. And that was a huge milestone for them. And so now their bookkeeper sending them financial statements and they're hiding from the email. Yeah, totally. They just right? archive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a low open rate. Yeah. Yes, totally. <laughs> for our email address. So, so we, we really wanted to break it down for them so that it doesn't feel so intimidating. Yeah. Right? Yep. If they never opened the Excel file, if they never logged into QuickBooks online, if they never dove into the, the financial statements, that they had a few pieces of key takeaway, um, pieces of information that they can use to make decisions next month in their business. And they do that based on the dashboard or the key, the key performance indicators that you send them. Correct. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So that they don't necessarily, if they skip opening the PL and the balance sheet, they'll still open up the KPI document in whatever form that comes in. Yeah. So that comes okay. directly in the email so that yeah. if they do nothing else, they open it. Uh, they have to see it. Right <laughs> the only way to ignore it is just to archive the email before even opening it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So if they open it, they have some key performance indicators right there. And that way they know, Hey, you know, let's say last month was a really bad month. They, they have that information and they can say, all right, I know that last month was a bad month. I, I may, I might not be able to sign up for that conference, or I might not be able to make those additional purchases this, this month, or maybe this isn't a good month to bulk up on inventory, right? So that they have that information with them to make business decisions. So a couple of things you've said that I think ring true are number one, most small business owners have no idea what's going on in the financials in their business. Number two, when they get the email that has the PL and the balance sheet from their bookkeeper accountant, they do not look at it. Or maybe if they open it up, they print it out, but then they just stick it on the shelf, never to be looked at again. You know, which goes back to number one, they don't have any idea what's going on with the financials in their business. So um, so having something that they sort of have to see, they, you know, can't not see. <laughs> um, makes a huge difference. And I'm curious to know, what would your clients say about working with you that's different than what they might say about um, sort of your average run-of-the-mill or other typical accounting firm? We're really nice to them. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so simple. Uh, I had a client call me uh, or, or uh, a referral call me a few weeks ago. And she said to me, I dread when my bookkeeper emails me. I, I don't even want to ask her any questions. She is so mean and, and condescending and doesn't, and doesn't respond to me. I, I know I'm small, but you know, two weeks for an answer, it's, it's too long. Uh, so, so those are two big things there, right? We create a safe zone for our clients. I want every client to feel comfortable emailing us. I don't want them to feel like we're shaming them or we're judging them. I want them to know that they can ask their bookkeeper anything and they will be fully transparent with them. They will be honest and they will not judge them. That is huge. It's huge. Because I think so many people are just embarrassed, mortified, and or ashamed to ask questions and then they don't ask questions yeah. at their own expense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then response time. You know, it, it, when you're working with small business owners, they, they need to know that they have someone on their team 
to be able to answer their, their questions. And, and although we are a outsourced part of your team, we are still part of your team. And we want you to know that if you call and ask us questions or email us and ask us questions, that we'll be there to give you a, a response in a timely manner. Not two weeks, not, not two months. No. <laughs> Tax time. You know, within a reasonable time frame, so that you can use that information to make the business decision. Yeah. I mean, ter- two weeks of turnaround time is not reasonable for any kind of work for any sort of outsourced freelance, anything, right? If you had a graphic designer or website, that work that you were doing, if you had to wait two weeks to hear about a website update, you'd be like, um, I think I might need to find somebody else. Exactly. Wouldn't work. I'm curious to know about your pricing structure. Are you guys hourly? Do you quote um, monthly? Are you on retainer? Like what is, what do you do now? And what have you learned about what wasn't working and what does work for you guys? Oh, this is a fantastic question. So a lot of accounting firms charge by the hour. And when we started out, we charged by the hour and it, it did not create a seamless client relationship. Uh, Clients were hesitant to call us and to use us as a resource because the minute they called or sent an email, right? They're They're on the clock. (laughs) Tick, 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 tick. (laughs) Ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Yeah, the cashier's going off. And it made billing really uncomfortable. I, I was, I felt like I was justifying everything at the end of the month. So we really quickly early on realized that that hourly billing did not work for us. So we bill on a monthly retainer. We bill at the first of the month. We have a flat fee based on the revenue of our client. As they hit the next revenue bracket, uh, we we raise our prices to their next revenue revenue bracket. Gotcha. Okay. And what's the benefit to your firm for that? It is the, the benefit to the firm is the simplicity in, in invoicing. At month's end, all invoices can be sent automatically. So we use in a system that on the first of the month, all invoices go out. There's nothing that we need to do they go out and we accept credit cards and keep credit cards on file for clients so that they're automatically charged at the first of every month. Nice. So simple. So much less headache, less paper, so-called e- e-paperwork, less stuff to track, uh-huh. less time, less energy, less follow-up questions from clients. Like, wait, why did I get this bill? What? Did I call you? Oh no, your partner called us. Right, exactly. And and increased cash collections, right? We were waiting so long for, for um, cash payments. This has really expedited that process. Awesome. Oh, I love that. I love that because I know a lot of CPAs who are sitting on tens of thousands of dollars in accounts receivable, Asian accounts receivable. Yeah. So part of our work is to chip away at that. What you're doing says to me, like, no more Asian accounts receivable. Exactly. And now we still have some older clients who don't keep a credit card on file. And we are, one of the things that we've learned is that if a client goes past a certain point, we are much better as we've become more confident business owners to say, Hey, you've, you've gone too long without payment. We're going to have to pause services until, until payment has been paid in full. And what's that time frame? Uh, we've really shortened it. It's, it's six weeks now. Excellent. It used to be three months. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I mean, if they get three months behind, it's that much harder to dig out and get that back. Exactly. I love that. I love the piece about the more confident you become, the more you tighten things. Yes. And it's very true. Every year I notice that shift in myself. Let's talk a little bit about the profit planner, because you have some thought leadership here for your business owners, for your clients. So tell us a little bit about what you've put together and how it helps people. Yeah, absolutely. So the Profit Planner is a three-part book series that was really designed from my clients for our clients. And, and this book can be for every small business owner out there. If you have a bookkeeper, if you don't have a bookkeeper, uh, for any entrepreneur who needs help creating a more profitable business. So what we were experiencing and hearing in the community was that there were so many small business owners who were generating sales. They were moving forward in their business, but they could not understand why they were not able to take home a bigger paycheck, why they did not have profits in their business. And we understand that accounting can be very overwhelming and it's very difficult for a business owner to pick up a book about accounting. <laughs> it, is, it is hard. It is hard. So I wanted to make this as easy as possible for business owners. So the planner is a 12-week. So each planner will take you one quarter to complete. Every week starts out with two pages of education about that week's goal. So it'll give you some accounting and, and finance education. And then every day there is a task that, will, that for, is designed for you to be able to complete in order to help you create a more profitable business. And the best part is that this is also a planner. So <laughs> this can be used as a way to schedule your day. I'm really encouraging business owners to take a step back and work on their business, not just in their business. And so this planner gives them the opportunity to be able to take some time, set their goals, understand the three tasks and, and write out those three tasks that they want to complete for the day, schedule out their day in the planner, as well as do that action task to help them create the profits in their business. I love it. I love it. And having, and because I have my hands on a copy, it is a gorgeous planner and I love how it's one thing at a time to think about, to help people kind of wrap their heads around the numbers and the financials in their business, rather than reading through a QuickBooks for dummies, <laughs> which is not going to get you there. No. And it's, and it's overwhelming. It's, it's a lot of information. And it's not what business owners need to know. No, they need to, they need to not be worried about QuickBooks for dummies, like learning that they need to be thinking about how the money flows through their business, how they're going to generate revenue, how they're going to reduce expenses, how they're going to increase, increase profit, learning about margins, all those things, and understanding the implications for decision-making in their business. That's more what they need than how do I do a general journal ledger? Yes. Uh, yes. Journal entry, sorry. Yeah. You, you had a, you know, it's not another how-to, it is learning how to analyze and yeah, exactly. your business. Awesome. So how can people find that if they are curious about it? You can go to profitplannerbookkeeping.com to uh, find more information about the planner. And you can also download uh, the first three weeks of the first quarter on, on that site. Cool. 
So let's talk a little bit about where you think you're headed in your business. So what do you see coming in the next year for yourself? So I want to continue to serve as many entrepreneurs as possible. And we have big lofty goals. Uh, My a uh, big, hairy, audacious goal is to serve 1 million business owners. And that is through helping them with bookkeeping and help and helping them get the profit planner in, in their hands. And so we want to just continue to help businesses succeed. I love that. 1 million business owners. Yes. She thinks big, ladies. Yes, I think big. <laughs> it is in the universe. <laughs> Out there in the universe, one million business owners. I love it. So let's end with, if you can ask the community for anything, what help would you like? Is there a connection that can be made? Or um, it's really up to you, open-ended question. What's one thing you want to ask for? So one connection would be to, if you could think of, one business owner in your in your circle uh, or that you've you've come into contact with uh, that that you know who needs help uh, whether that be they're in accounting overwhelm and they they need someone to help them with their bookkeeping or if they're overwhelmed because they cannot figure out how to create the profits in their business I would love an introduction to that one business owner who's struggling mm, I love it Awesome. And if you need help getting connected to Danielle, because you can think of that person, know that we'll have her contact information and everything in the show notes. Awesome, Danielle. This has been so great having you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on the podcast. One of the things I loved in our conversation was when Danielle said, the more confident I get, the more I tighten things down. Not in those exact words, but that was the general sentiment. And what I see happening in so many entrepreneurs' businesses is lax payment policies, which results in tens of thousands of dollars hanging out in accounts receivable. And just making it too easy for clients to either not pay you on time or pay you a little bit late or get way behind or show up late to meetings or, you know, all these things that fall into the category of kind of being lax. And it's one thing to be flexible, but it's a different thing to be lax. And it costs business owners and accountants a lot of money to not have firm and clear policies in place. If you're a new listener and this sounds like it might be you, you might want to go back and listen to episodes 24 and 25, find the $50,000 hiding in plain sight in your business, which now six months later, as I find more and more places that people are leaving opportunity on the table is more like $100,000 hiding in plain sight. The other thing I appreciated about what Danielle said is that clients say to her that her staff are nice. And this is something that we need to put lights around. Because I hear from a lot of regular business owners that they feel intimidated by their CPA and they don't want to ask questions. So if you're known as nice and approachable and someone who answers all your clients' questions on a pretty quick turnaround time, because of it, your clients are more successful. They're going to know their numbers better and their businesses are going to be better because of it. And it's going to be a differentiator for you in the marketplace, which is going to increase referrals in your favor. If you want to get your hands on one of Danielle's profit planners, you can get one at profitplannerbookkeeping.com. 
And if you enter the code SHETHINKSBIG, when you get there, you'll get 15% off. If you want to connect with Danielle, you can find her at kickstartaccountinginc.com. And all of these links will be in the show notes. One more thing for you, and that is remember I have four free webinars coming up in September, October, November, December, one each month. The first one is how to find your ideal clients and fill your schedule with them. Second one is how to narrow your niche to make your life so much easier. How to set up your ideal week so that you're not running from fire to fire and constantly behind and not prepping for client meetings in the way that you want to and not getting tackling that workload that's piled up on your desk. And in December, how to add advisory services to your practice. If you're curious about any of those, head on over to my website, She Thinks Big Coaching, where you can find out more. All right, everyone, that's it from me. I will see you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.